Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Raghav Sharma. He is the uh, CEO and co-founder uh, at a company called Guidevine, uh, which is an uh, investor matching service, matching investors and uh, financial advisors. Welcome to the show, Raghav. Good afternoon, Jordan. Good to join you and your audience. Let's just start with a little bit of background about you, uh, your background before you uh, ended up uh, uh, creating Guidevine back uh, about two years or so ago. I was, uh, I was, uh, I would say, non-practicing engineer. So that's what I did as my undergrad, and I realized that that wasn't my life calling. So I started off my career at the old J.P. Morgan before the Chase merger, where I was doing technology and uh, telecom mergers and acquisition investment banking. And from there, went on to found an enterprise software firm really focused on public transit and other government entities and the big vendors like Siemens and Alstom that sell into them, trying to move their uh, procurement practices away from phones and faxes and newspapers into the digital age, and followed that up with a stint at business school for a couple of years, and found myself at McKinsey & Company in the asset management practice where I was an associate partner and was there for about eight and a half years, and it was really there that the idea of Guideline, seeing the, the struggles that consumers went through in finding financial advisors and looking at our clients, which were wirehouses or other big financial firms, how they were going around finding new clients, that we came up with the idea of making the search just more personal, more transparent, and, and frankly, smarter. And that led me to Guideline about three years ago at this point and uh, still going strong. So tell me about the need for financial advisors and investors uh, to find each other. Let's, let's maybe start on the investor side. Uh, why is it difficult for investors to find appropriate financial advisors for themselves? A lot of it comes down to unfamiliarity with a few aspects. One is what good can a financial advisor do? Because most people think of them as just, managing their money. The second is exposure. So what types of financial advisors are there and how do they mesh with their needs? And then the third is how do I just go about finding them even if I was exposed to them and what they did? So looking at each in turn, a lot of people think about financial advisors as only being for really wealthy people who have a lot of money or that they can do it themselves and if they read some investing books or they follow the stock markets, that they'll be able to go and invest. Um, And what they don't realize is that life gets complicated over time and there's things that you're not an expert in, whether it's planning for the next generation or if you're getting, uh, if you're thinking about your will and your estate, how do you make sure you you pass that down responsibly? So there's a lot of things that advisors do, which don't necessarily tie to, quote-unquote, you know, making you a 5% return this year or growing your uh, your $100 into $200 over a few years. The second was that exposure point. And, again, it comes to people just don't know 
what types of advisors. They hear about CFPs, they hear about brokers, they hear about people who work on commission, people who work on fees, and it gets confusing. Uh, you know, it's not so clear-cut like finding a doctor where, hey, I need a general practitioner or I need, uh, you know, I need an oncologist or something like that where you understand exactly what everyone does. And then when you, when you do decide you want someone, finding them is incredibly difficult because up till recently they couldn't really be found online um, due to SEC regulations. And, yeah, and then they all talk about the same things and they say they do the same things. So it's no wonder that consumers are confused. And then taking from a financial advisor's point of view, um, what's difficult about having clients or potential clients finding them in an appropriate way? So advisors traditionally have looked at the following ways of meeting someone. The first and the most powerful way is a referral from an existing client. And those people tend to come in a little warmer, if you will, rather than someone walking in off the street. And they're a little more positively inclined to think about working with the advisor because they know a friend or a family member or someone who's important to them or someone who they know works with this person. The other way that they've done that is also what they call, uh, you'll hear advisors talking about centers of influence. So that might be teaming up with a CPA or a lawyer who, when those people have clients who turn to them and say, hey, do you know a good financial advisor, um, they, you know, they will recommend this person. The other ways that they've done it is seminars, so hosting an event, hoping people will come and will like what the advisor is saying, and it will spark the desire to learn more about them and maybe work with them. And then... You know, some advisors, when I was at McKinsey, I used to get about eight or ten cold calls a week from people just because of the fact that I worked at McKinsey, they thought I wanted to maybe work with them as a financial professional. I think, you know, that's probably more desperation on advisors' parts. I don't think you'd find many advisors recommending cold calling as a way to find clients, but, you know, some of them do it. And those were, and then of course there's a country club steak dinner and that kind of stuff where you try to wine and dine clients. But that was really the way that people were uh, going about finding it. So has technology changed both sides of the equation, made it easier for investors to find financial advisors and made it easier for financial advisors to present themselves uh, to well, investors? Well, investors really have a lot more information at their fingertips now, thanks to technology. Uh, they certainly can do a Google search, and about 640,000 people a month do, on some derivation of find a financial advisor. They have, you know, just, they can go into firms' websites, and they can read about the advisors. Now, these are still pretty confusing because of regulatory uh, pressures. Most advisor websites look the same. They read the same. And unless the advisors decided to really focus on a niche or has been true to themselves of who they enjoy working with, you can't really tell if you're the right type of client for this advisor. So then a lot of people will start looking at social media and seeing do people they know work with this advisor or can they get a sense of this advisor's personality um, somehow to shine through. And then they'll often 
or stumble across sites like Guidebine or NAPFA, the, the fee-only association, or as we saw today with Investopedia announcing their Advisor Insights uh, portal, which you know, Guideline advisors are partly powering, they will look at brands that they know and try to see if there's a way to uh, try to find an advisor that way. But then that doesn't help you figure out if that person is right for you. You still have to go look them in the eye, ask them a set of questions, see if you're satisfied with it, and whether you feel like you can trust them. Do you feel there's a lot of investors out there who would like an advisor but don't have one and are just so intimidated by the whole process they just don't you know, make the effort to go find a good advisor? Sure. So there's this study that McKinsey does year over year, which I had seen when I was part of the practice there, and I recently saw the, the most recent release, where 80% of people would like to work with an advisor or are working with an advisor, which is an amazingly high percentage when you consider a few facts. One is that 50% of the only, well, less than 50% of Americans, according to the CFP board's recent research, are actually working with some sort of professional. And then when you think about attitudes, uh, there's about 60% who say they want a financial advisor overall, 40% who say, oh, no, I'm, I'm just fine doing it myself. But even of that 40%, that there's a majority who actually would work with an advisor if given the opportunity. So there's an overwhelming desire. And a guideline, what we believe is that everyone deserves good financial advice, but that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone needs a financial advisor. In fact, there's five different personality types or sort of stages, if you will. Uh, we're going to get into that. Should... We have to go to a break, actually. We're going to get into that after the break. Okay. Uh, this okay. is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest uh, this hour is Raghav Sharma. He's the founder and CEO of Guidevine, uh, which you can find out about at guidevine.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. 
talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Raghav Sharma. He's the co-founder and CEO of Guidevine, uh, which helps consumers and financial advisors uh, find each other in a good way. Uh, You can find out more at his website, guidevine.com. Welcome back to the show, Raghav. Thanks, Jordan. So let's just talk about the five different types of people uh, who have different kinds of financial needs. Uh, The first two groups you think do not need financial advisors at all. Who would be in that category? So there's two groups that, that don't need financial advisors. The first are people that we say who are in the building stage. So they might be starting their career just out of college and they're just, uh, you know, they don't have any savings. Or it could be people who are a little, little into their career and they've saved up a bit and they want to start putting their money to work. So what's important for this segment is really getting a roadmap. Uh, what are the things that I should be doing with my money or I should be doing with my overall personal financial life over the next five to 10 years. And it comes up to building up good habits and thinking about how do I spend, how do I save? And really for people coming out of college, it almost boils down to don't do something really silly that's going to set you back a decade or more uh, when you're thinking about retirement. And for these folks, what we really recommend to them is that they look at mutual funds, whether it's from Fidelity or Vanguard or any one of the players, or look at robo-advisors, which have come up over the last few years as a way to get into the investing game. And a lot of people actually would benefit from a couple hours with a financial planner. So that is not necessarily not necessarily someone who will manage money for them, but that person who will give them and help build that roadmap together on what they should be doing. And there's a lot of personal finance bloggers out there now and apps like Acorn, which can start helping you build those habits. So that's the first group. The second are people in financial distress, whether that's student loans or they've gotten themselves into a load of credit card debt and they're trying to build, they're trying to get back on their feet. And, st- and for them, it's really good to get, start getting into good habits and getting the motivation to stay the course. And when we run into people like that, we talk to them about getting a coach, getting a counselor, thinking about some of the specialist companies that will do debt consolidation, uh, or, or even going into for that motivation, going into the frugal living personal finance blogs, because some of these people, you look at them, their stories are really inspirational about 20-year-olds or 30-year-olds or anyone any-year-olds who've gotten themselves into six-figure debt, two-figure debt, and they've just put their nose to the grindstone, and they've worked their way out of it in two or three years, and now they're leading lives where they're much more careful, but they're also having a lot of fun. Yeah. So, I mean, what you're talking about really are people who will help you invest assets, not 
do other financial things like uh, budgeting and uh, applying for credit and getting rent mortgages and all the other aspects of personal finance that are not investing. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, so these are people who, like I said, will benefit from coaches. Uh, a lot of them will benefit from financial planners who don't necessarily put the money to work. But then also they may not need an ongoing relationship, You know, especially if you think about people who are at the start of their careers. They just need some milestones and they need that help on what to avoid and what to yeah. do. So the third group is people you think can do it themselves. Who can successfully do it themselves as far as picking their own stocks and mutual funds or ETFs? Yeah, there's a, a lot less of these people that do-it-yourselfers than you might imagine. Now, I'm pretty sure everyone who's listening who's working on Wall Street thinks that they can do it themselves. Uh, you know, I probably felt that I could do it myself when I was uh, when I was in banking. But there's three critical ingredients to be able to successfully manage your own money. First is time, because you have to just invest the time to understand where you're starting from, where you want to go, what are the little off-ramps on the way, and chart that out and think about what's your risk tolerance, how do you want to put money to work, and have that understanding. Then the second thing is you have to have the ability to find and sift through investment ideas, understand how it all fits into what you've charted out on your own, and then execute on it. Uh, and then the third and most overlooked component of it is, I would say, emotional maturity and financial discipline, which is around not panicking when the market starts going up and down, not pulling things out at the wrong time, putting it back in too late, uh, you know, all that stuff that we hear about, you know, our old adage. The market uh, timing. Exactly. Emotionally, market timing and people to go with the ups and downs is what you're saying. Buying high, selling low, you know, doing the exact opposite. And so if you have those three components, then you could probably put together your own investment portfolio. You might end up doing it through a robo-advisor, mutual funds. You might go individual stocks. Um, those are the folks who really can do it themselves. And I couldn't even hazard a guess of how many people actually fit into this bucket, but it's a lot less than could probably think themselves as capable of doing it. And then there are two groups who really do need financial professional financial advice. Who are in those two groups? So there's the first group, which we call life has gotten complicated. And for these people, their needs have evolved, and they've started to need expertise, not just in managing money, but in things like estate planning or college prep, or maybe they want to get involved in charitable giving, or they've had an epiphany where they want to go into socially responsible investing. Now, these are things that you can't just learn. Uh, if you get it wrong, without the expertise, you could be doing some terrible damage to your personal finance life. Uh, a lot of times when you look at the markers of this, it's someone getting a new job or getting a promotion, starting a business, maybe they've just had kids, or maybe, uh, and this goes to the part of the foundation of Guideline, getting married. You know, the reason that we did get started was two friends of mine, both very accomplished, late 30s, partners at McKinsey, getting married, and they want they wanted to put money to work for the first time outside of their 401k. And they didn't know how to go about finding a financial advisor. I gave them a referral. It just 
did not work out for them. And then I just watched their search, which was primarily online, and the complete disaster that it was. And that was uh, that was what started Guidevine. But that's a little that's you know going out of the groups. That's one group that could get a lot of value out of a financial professional. And then the final group is the people who are just busy. They want to outsource it. They want to focus on their family, their career. They just they want to enjoy life, and they maybe outsource a lot of other tasks. And for them, they can get a lot from not just a financial advisor, but someone who, uh, who resembles their own personal family office where they might handle your mortgage, they might help you find insurance, um, they might start thinking about 529B plans and things like that. So they will do a whole host of things that don't necessarily fall under what most people think of as a financial advisor. Now, that's a, uh, there's five very distinct groups, but it's very important to to remember that you can shift from these groups. You know, you can go from that building stage to being a do-it-yourselfer to life is complicated. You might go from life is complicated to being in financial distress. So there's no there's no hard and fast, I'm in this group and this is the way I'm going to do it forever. Life evolves. Life gets complicated. Life gets simple. And your needs change. What, what would be a typical minimum amount of assets that you'd need um, to have to hire a financial advisor in guideline? We have advisors who will work with you no matter what assets you have. Uh, we have advisors who, if you have, say, a couple thousand that you're looking to invest or tens of thousands, who will work with you on an hourly basis to start putting plans in place, give you recommendations that you can go off and execute against, and they can be a very cost-effective way to get you on your way. And then as you start to get into people who have several hundred, a hundred thousand or several hundreds of thousands, then you start getting into people who start charging you either a flat fee or they charge you a percentage of your assets. And then as we get up over a million dollars, we have people who function more like those family offices where they'll give you that suite of services and they typically will work on a percentage of assets. So there really is, uh, you know, we strive to give people a variety of advisors and a variety of fee structures that'll work for them no matter what the personal situation is. What, what are the pros and cons of doing assets under management versus uh, hourly or some kind of a retainer uh, fee? It really depends on your situation. I know that's a terrible answer, but you know, I've myself shifted from different models to different models. Depends on what you can afford at the time, what your personal circumstances are. You know, one thing which I like about the assets uh, under management model, so that fee on assets, is that the advisor is really incentive to grow your assets because that's the way that they grow their fees. Um, for the flat fee and the retainer model, I think that is more for someone who has a set level of things that they want done, a set services, and checking in. But I don't think that there's you know, a right or wrong in any sort of fee structure as long as it works for your situation, you're comfortable with it, you understand it so it's not overly complex, and uh, you know what you're getting into. I mean, if you're going to do assets under management, you, you probably need a minimum of 50000 I'm not sure what it would be, but it's, it's got to be enough assets to make the 
financial advisor interested in you, right? If you have two small assets, it's not going to be worth it for him. Yeah, I think what we see is typically, for, from an advisor's perspective, they would prefer someone who has north of 50 to 100K before they shift them into an assets under management model. But, you know, it depends on the advisor's back office and how they structure their practice, um, especially as you look at people becoming what they call cyborg advisors, so bringing robo-advisors on, into the tent and making it part of their practice, that they can start to serve people with lower asset levels, uh, similar to the way that they treat their, advi- uh, their uh, advisees with higher asset levels and the same level of care and service, but just do it from uh, a more cost-effective base. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest this hour is Raghav Sharma. He's the co-founder and CEO at GuideVine. Uh, which helps advisors and financial uh, uh, investors find each other. Uh, You can find out more about him at his website, guidevine.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Raghav Sharma. He's the co-founder and CEO at GuideVine, uh, which helps consumers find financial advice and connect with financial experts. Uh, you can find out more at his website, guidevine.com. Welcome back to the show, Raghav. Thanks, Jordan. So let's kind of get into the details. So say somebody goes to guidevine.com. Describe the process that they would go uh, through to uh, screen and find financial advisors that are appropriate for them in their situation. So there's three processes that they, get, they can go through, or three paths, if you will. The first is if they go to guidevine.com, you see this big orange button called Find Your Financial Advisor. And what that does is that takes them through a Match.com style experience. 
you fill out a form, it tells us a little bit about you. So what types of services you're looking for, where you've reached in life, whether you want an advisor who's local or not, or you're willing to work with someone over Skype. We do have to ask how much you're looking to put to work in terms of assets, because that helps make a better match to the type of advisor that would want to work with you and that you would want to work to or want to work with. And then from there, we crunch the numbers on the back end and we give each consumer or investor a set of 10 advisors that meet those criteria. But instead of saying, you know, here's Bob and here's Bob's phone number, or here's Susie and this is Susie's email address, with those 10 advisors, we give you videos about the advisor. And these are a series of one to two minute videos where it's the advisor themselves talking about what they do, why they do it, what they're an expert in, and really kind of what makes them tick. Because what we found is a lot of advisors, they overlap in the services and the types of clients that they work with. But there's something about each one of them that makes them unique. And it's helping the consumer figure that out and figure out whether there's that sense of personal fit and comfort and trust. That's why we focus on the videos because those are a great icebreaker so that the consumer, you're not going to say, oh, wow, Raghav is the person who I'm going to sign up and send all my assets to on the basis of the video. But we hope that you're either going to say, wow, Raghav is someone who I want to meet and I want to learn and see if there's something we can do together as a client advisor relationship, or you're going to say, Raghav is just not my cup of tea. And I'm going to, I'm going to look at the next person on the list. And the vast majority, about 70% of people who come to Guideline go through this and they'll take their time. They'll share the videos. They'll look deeper into the profiles, which is once they get past the videos, they can read the person's bio, see what services they offer, how they're compensated, check out their regulatory history, which is critical. Uh, now, luckily, we let people on the site only if they have a good regulatory history. But if you're looking otherwise, this is as an aside, look at their regulatory history. It's critical, guys. Um, but then if they like what they see, they can set up a meeting. Uh, and they, or they could just pick up the phone and call the advisor and say, hey, I saw your videos on Guideline. I'd like to, I'd like to meet. The second path is we have consumer concierges who they specialize in listening and helping people think through what their needs are, what services might work for them, and then give them their matches and help them think through those matches that, okay, I'm, I'm a Canadian who's moved to D.C., and I'm looking for someone who understands expat finances you know, of your matches. Here are the three or four people who actually have experience in that. Uh, and then the third way is we do have some directories where if you're a little more do-it-yourself, you can filter through that I'm a business owner and this is how much I'm looking to invest and these are the types of services and I want a female advisor who's fee-only. And you can find people that way. Do you think it's a good idea in most part to have an advisor where you live and meet them in person or can it work out just fine over, over Skype and over the phone? 70% of people want an advisor who's local, but what we're seeing is that percentage is creeping up and up uh, of people who can work with a virtual advisor. As long as you and as long as your advisor 
have a level of trust and have uh, have established good working communications, your advisor could be anywhere as long as they're properly regulated to work with you in your state. Uh, my advisor is up in Boston. He's been there for the last 15 years. We meet physically once a year because he has other clients in New York where he comes down. And other than that, we do a quarterly review over the phone. And I'm on the phone with his staff, I'd say two or three times a week, just asking them questions or they need me to sign something. So they PDF it and send it down to me. Um, I can't quite get them on Skype, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of advisors who will do that. And with the technology available, you can definitely make it work. What kind of feedback do you get from the matches that are made uh, as to what is working out and what doesn't work out, and kind of what what kind of feedback do you get after uh, you know, matches have been made? So we get two two feedbacks. We get one from the consumer. Uh, typically, it will be either like, "Wow, this person's great. I'm going to continue talking to them," all the way down to, "I'm going to I'm going to sign with them." In fact, while we've been on the call, I got an email from a consumer. Who we had we had paired him up with three advisors. Uh, we're based in New York, so we paired him up with three advisors in New York, and he met with two of them, and he liked the second one so much that he just said, "I'm going to go with him." And separately, we get uh, and so that's one type of feedback. The other will be like, "I met with the advisor. I don't think I like them," and we ask them why they didn't like them, so we can make our matches better. And then the second piece of feedback we get is from the advisors who will tell us about the clients that, or the prospects that they've met with and what they were looking for, what they were like, so that we can feed that back into our matching algorithm and make it better and better. And I also got an email from the advisor who I guess the consumer must have emailed them saying, hey, I'm going to pick you for this assignment. Uh, it's a financial planning assignment. And uh, so I heard from the advisor, who's obviously excited about it. Uh, talk about your business model for GuideVine a little bit. Who pays, and uh, how does that all work? We're absolutely free for consumers, and we're available to consumers nationwide. For advisors, it's a subscription fee, and it's a flat fee that you pay for a year of the service. And we do not uh, we do not charge advisors more or less, depending on how many people they met. And we do not charge them on successful matches. The reason we do that is we want to be unbiased. Uh, We do not want to be in the business of saying, oh, we haven't sent a consumer to this advisor in a month, so we better send someone to them so that they stay happy. Our whole goal is to put all the decision-making power in the consumer's hands. So they, when they come to guideline, they can decide what they want to tell us about themselves. They can watch what they want to. They can read what they want to. And most importantly, they can engage or not engage with advisors how they want to. So if they, if they like someone, reach out to them without any pressure that, uh, without any pressure from us that, oh, you should meet with this person versus that person. And, the, you know, if they sign with the advisor, that's great because they'll get good financial advice and the advisor will have a new client. If they don't, that's okay because then that match wasn't meant to be. How is what you're doing different from the various associations like the Financial Planning Association, FPA, 
and NAPFA, the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, uh, they, they do have a similar thing where you can search through their members to find a financial advisor. How is what you're doing different from those kind of things? They do, and what they provide is a directory of their members where you can find people who are near you, their address. You can find out a little bit from their bio. We've actually recently, and this was announced in NAPFA's newsletter in March, we partnered with NAPFA to offer our services to their membership. And what they liked about what we did is that we brought the personality into uh, into that equation. So you can watch these videos. You can get a sense of what these advisors are like. And for their members, they can really showcase who they are rather than be some black and white words on the page. Uh, and then they also like the fact that we allow consumers to self-select and to figure out more about the advisors uh, and what they offer and what they what their backgrounds are and whether they think they'll work for them rather than trying to decipher it from a bio. So they really like that enhanced matching and that uh, level of choice and that level of personalization that we bring to the process. I guess the video really makes a big difference because you're not going to get that at the FPA or NAPFA sites. Uh, so that makes it uh, more personal. As you say, the chemistry you'll be able to see as opposed to just getting the, the listing on the, on the website. Is that right? That is. And what we found is, you know, the videos are one of the most exciting things to consumers because they really see what the person is about. Uh, when I was helping my friends before Guideline was there, you know, they Google searched uh, Find a Financial Advisor NYC. And... They got a list of 10 firms. They read the websites. The websites all said the same thing. You know, everyone is a holistic fiduciary. And they, they said, okay, well, we can't tell the difference. Let's just go meet them. And they met with 10 firms, and they hated every single one of them because they said that the <laughs> personality advisor just didn't work for them. And it was nails on a chalkboard. And that's one of the reasons that we highlight the personality so that, uh, you know, the the consumer doesn't waste their time meeting people that they know won't work for them. And it frees up the advisor. It's almost like a virtual standing introduction and a virtual interview that the advisor can put themselves out there and people can, can find out about them. A much better experience, yes. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Raghav Sharma. He's the co-founder and CEO at Guidevine, uh, which is based in New York City, but it works for the entire country. Uh, they connect financial advisors and investors. Uh, you can find out more at his website, guidevine.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Raghav Sharma, co-founder and CEO at Guidevine, which helps consumers find financial advisors. Welcome back to the show, Raghav. Thanks, Jordan. So there's a new kind of advisor out there, which is not a person, it's a computer, uh, called a robo-advisor. Tell us a little bit about how those work, and do you refer people to robo-advisors over Guidevine as well? So a robo-advisor is basically, as you mentioned, an online investing platform, and you'll access it through a website. They'll ask you a few personal details, which you can fill out, and they'll walk you through a risk questionnaire to figure out where you are, you know, are you single, married, where you are in life, and how risk-averse you are. And then from there, what they do is they allocate you into this mix of mutual funds and ETFs uh, where the, the theory is, you know, it's kind of, it's to match the performance of the underlying benchmark. So you might go into an S&P 500 index fund, and then your performance will be that you will match the performance of the S&P 500, but they'll do it cheaper, and so you'll make a little bit more returns than if you had gone through a financial advisor. Um, and then this mix changes over time as your life evolves. And they do a great job of making it very simple and an intuitive, great interface that is really, at first, appeal to millennials. But as the space has evolved, we've sort of seen three flavors of robo-advisors come out. First are the startups. So people might have heard of Wealthfront. They might have heard of Betterment. um, And they initially targeted, I'd say, Silicon Valley. They targeted millennials, uh, and they started fintech investors, that kind of folks, and they built a basic service uh, where you – well, I won't say a basic service. They'll, they've built a great service, but the service model is basic. It's more of do-it-yourself. You might talk to a call center employee from time to time. The second flavor are the personal capitals of the world, which has paired that pure – robo-automated platform with a rotating set of CFPs or well, or advisors who are available on call, but you're not necessarily working with the same person time after time. And then the third, Ishwab, 
Vanguard, and a few other of the traditional players, because as they saw these robo-advisors evolve, they realized that it's not just for millennials, but everyone can benefit from this, because it's really an easy access and a cheap gateway to certain types of uh, asset classes. And that's when people say robo-advisor, that's, that's what they mean. And, you know, we run across a lot can of you people. Find, can, can you find a robo-advisor through Godvine? We have one or two listed on the service, but for the most part, if someone comes to us and wants a robo-advisor, you know, we'll give them the names of the folks who we like, folks like Betterment and a few others, that they can go and check out. Uh, and then we give them the list of other people in case that doesn't work out. But for us, what we're really focused on is exposing you know, the, uh, exposing the fiduciary advisors in the U.S. and make, giving them an online presence so that they can broadcast their messages and they can highlight their expertise to a whole host of people who are looking for them and otherwise may not be able to find them. So uh, what would be the advantage of doing a robo-advisor over a traditional advisor or vice versa, a, a human uh, person, somebody that would be on your guideline site? So for robo-advisors, like I said, they're very efficient. You know, they are, it's a great way to put money to work cheaply. And they're always accessible. You know, if it's 11 p.m. at night and you want to check something out, you can always log on. And what I really like is that they've presented returns and the way your portfolio is performing in a very easy-to-understand format. You know, frankly, one which I wish my financial advisor would use because it just makes it more intuitive. But the big difference versus, versus what financial advisors, what traditional financial advisors bring to the table is they bring advice. So it's not just put your money in and fire and forget. It's they will talk to you about what are you looking to achieve, and then they can draw upon their expertise and their experience with similar clients or people who work in similar professions or might have similar goals to you to start to craft a plan. And they also, they consider the big picture. So it's not just let's put this dollars to work and start growing it, but that let's put this dollars to work, but how are we going to do it so that it fits into your big scheme of short-term, long-term goals? How does this slug of money, how does it need to be managed with respect to taxes and other things? And then one of the biggest things is they're objective and they're not emotional. You know, they'll talk you out of knee-jerk responses. If you're doing something great, they'll give you positive reinforcement about it. If you're making silly moves with, say, savings or spending, they can have that tough conversation to sort of help you influence your behavior. And, but your robo-advisor cannot do is what you're saying. No. The robo-advisor is, let's put some money in. How old are you? How risk to- how risk tolerant or intolerant are you? And let's go. Yeah. Now, that, uh, just briefly, I want to mention that there's a new rule coming from the Department of Labor, which could very much change the relationship between investors and advisors, called the fiduciary rule, which would make a lot of advisors who in the past have not been considered fiduciaries make them fiduciaries. Assuming that that goes ahead, how will that change the relationship between investors and advisors? So for people who are working with uh, the RIAs of the world, so those are people who are already regulated by the SEC and the state, they are governed by the fiduciary standard. And you won't 
well, it will depend on what the final rule says. You know, for a lot of those people, they won't, uh, they won't see that much change. Where it's going to impact people is in their, some of their retirement accounts and in some of their retirement plans. It's going to require the advisors who work with those plans to shift maybe the types of products that are in there because it's going to force them to always act in the client's best interest, which sometimes, you know, if they're a commission-based financial advisor, they may not be. They'll be doing a good thing for the client, hopefully, but they may also be doing something which is good for the advisor as well. Um, and so it's going to force those people to think about what they've got in the, the, those advisors to think about what they've got in their clients' retirement accounts. And there's a whole lot of debate on what it's going to do for costs and whether it's going to force some advisors in or out of the industry. I think that a lot of it's up in the air. And, but I mean, what some advisors th- are saying is going to make it much more costly to deal with people, and therefore they're only going to want to deal with higher-end people with more assets it's not going to be worth it to take that risk for lower people with less assets. Does that make sense to you? It does. And you see a lot of that argument coming from people who are regulated by FINRA. So right now, work on commissions. Uh, you don't hear as much of it coming from the folks who are already governed by the fiduciary standard because they've been dealing with, or at least thinking it through things with that mindset already and maybe self-imposing some of those costs on themselves already. In about a minute or so we have left, why don't you just kind of sum up what difference it can make for people to work through Guidevine and finding a financial advisor as opposed to going on their own? Well, for people who we call them the information-starved, time-hungry, uh, or I would say information-hungry, time-starved people, now it's, we are a great place to come in and gain exposure to a lot of different advisors from different service models, different fee structures, and different personality types all in one place rather than going to a lot of different sites. We're unbiased, so we want you to be the one who drives how you make a decision and who you work with if you even decide to work with anyone. Um, and those are really the, the big drivers of what people could get uh, from using guideline versus trying to go website by website, decipher it. And, of course, there's the videos, which you get a sense of the personality, so you save yourself time, uh, which my friends could have used, uh, on who to meet and who not to meet. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Raghav Sharma. He's the co-founder and CEO at Guidevine, uh, which is a website to help consumers find financial advisors. Uh, you can find out more about him and his offering at Guidevine.com. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Money Answer Show, Raghav. It's been a pleasure, Jordan, and good luck to you, and good luck to your audience as they go on their personal financial lives. And if we can okay, help well, in any way, so we're always here. Okay, thank you so much, and we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.